welcome to The Darkest Hour. I'm your host, Amanda Jane. Have you ever seen or even been inside a house and thought, this place is hiding some secrets? You were probably right. Secrets that will always exist, but they won't always be so sleepy. Secrets have a way of showing themselves, and history has a way of repeating itself. Houses, little time capsules they can be. In some cases, people leave behind harmless things like markings on the wall, showing how much someone's grown. But other times, they leave behind something much more sinister. And maybe they didn't leave it behind at all. Maybe they too were just victims to a house of secrets. I guess we'll find out tonight on The Darkest Hour. So, let's get started, shall we? My apartment in Hawaii only had two elevators, and I only ever seemed to be able to catch one of them, which was the elevator on the farthest right. This incidentally was the elevator closest to the hallway my apartment was down. Good for cutting time, bad for other reasons. This elevator, without fail, constantly stopped on the 19th floor. I could be the only person in the elevator. It would stop and open on the 19th floor. I could be going up or down. It would stop on the 19th floor. No one would ever be seen on the floor, either down the halls or anything. I checked, because I was pretty sure someone was fucking with me. No doors slammed in a hurry. No noise. Just the usual silence. And even when I had an elevator full of people, whether I knew them or not, it would stop on the 19th floor. One day, I was taking the elevator up after getting home from school, and lo and behold... It stops on the 19th floor. Doors open. No one there. I sit around, listening to my CD player, waiting for the doors to close and carry on my merry way. The doors remain open, as though someone were holding the doors open. I grow bored. I peek out. No one. Finally, I pull myself back in, The doors slowly shut. I watch the numbers rise up to 22. Ding. I heft my backpack higher up on my shoulders, walk out around the L curve. I'm on the 19th floor. It's staring me in the face, taunting and confusing all in its own right. The numbers painted on the wall and doors say 19. I am fucking tripping. How did... But the elevator rose. The numbers changed. Thinking I daydreamed all of it. I slowly shuffled back into the elevator, pressing the button to go up. The elevator crawled down from the 22nd floor. Opened. Ready and empty. I'm shaken, and I press 22 just wanting to go home. 
I feel the familiar lift as it crawls up. I see the numbers slowly rise to 22. I'm going home. Fuck this elevator. I just want to go home and sleep. It stops on 22. And it stays there. The doors don't open, but the numbers become unlit, as though it were in disuse. I try to push the door open button, but nothing is happening. Then, the whole metal death trap shudders, heaves, and I feel like I'm starting to fall. I think for the briefest of moments, oh shit, I'm going to die in a freak elevator accident. I swear, it feels like it drops five floors. Five floors of freefall. I barely have time to catch myself in a corner when it feels like brakes suddenly kick into gear and catch the cables, causing the whole car to shudder again. But there's no screeching of metal, just the walls shaking and me falling into a corner, limbs spread out to prevent injury. And as though nothing happened, the elevator begins its slow crawl up again, up back to 22. Lights are back on and cheery as ever, 22. Shaken, when the doors open, I rush out. The doors close behind me and once again, the 19th floor. Needless to say, I climbed the staircase for the last three floors and for about a week afterward. A little bit of background. I grew up in a little village just outside of Cambridge, UK. My family house is not that old, mid-60s, and built on old water meadows. The house itself is a bungalow, so all of the rooms are on one floor. The living rooms, lounge, kitchen, etc., to one side, and bedrooms and bathrooms to the other. The house is next door to the local church, which is a very old foundation of Saxon. The main building of the church was built during the 13th and 15th century. On to what I've experienced in my family house. I would say most of my experiences that I remember were from 15 to 19, when I left for university. I'll highlight some of the more memorable ones, but it was pretty consistent. Things such as doors opening, hearing your name in the breeze. Even now, there seems to be at times a breeze through the house, even if all of the doors and windows are shut. One of the most memorable moments, I had just moved bedrooms from the one that I shared with my brother to the smaller bedroom my sister had just vacated. I was quite happy as I was 15 and actually had my own room and my own TV. It was 94 and it meant that I didn't have to watch songs of praise. The room itself was 13 square feet, I think, with one window overlooking the back garden. My sister had always said, in that room, she'd be woken up in the middle of the night by someone banging really hard on the external wall. I ignored it. Being the younger brother, I thought she was just going over the top. Though, we always felt someone looking at us from the dark of the garden 
at night. I get myself settled in the room. A week or two passes and nothing happens. It's late August. It's warm. I have the window open. I wake up and I think it's about 3 a.m. The house is quiet and dark. I hear the sound of something hitting a rock or ice. A chipping noise from the garden. I'm very awake by this point. This goes on for a while. I thought I heard some talking, faintly. Next moment, bang, bang, bang. Right on the wall behind my head, the external wall. Felt like someone wanted to smash in. Panicked, hammering of the wall. This happened for a minute. Could have been longer, felt like an eternity. Then silence, nothing. Could not explain it. Heart pounding. I couldn't sleep that night or the other times it happened. It happened about a dozen times. But it was not the most vivid thing that happened in that room. I think the most vivid thing that happened, only once from what I remember, was when I was about 17. I had gotten into the habit of leaving the radio playing in the background while I slept. I still sleep better with background noise. I woke up in the middle of the night. The house was quiet, apart from the radio playing Hyper Ballad by Bjork. And I felt a massive weight on my chest. I could only move my arms. I slowly moved them towards my chest to see if I can remove the invisible weight. Inch by inch, my arms seemed to struggle. At the time, I was playing rugby a lot. I was fit and strong. It shouldn't have been that hard. When I managed to get my arms together, the weight disappeared suddenly. I then look at the door. It opens a crack, and I can picture it now. A lady's hand slowly comes in. Very strange. It's pale, almost translucent. I can see the end of what she's wearing. It's an embroidered lace with flowers, Victorian-looking. As bizarre as it sounds, they reach for the light switch. It's a dimmer, so it just turns it slightly and moves away again. Nothing else. Just saying it was there. Don't sleep much that night, either. There was a time when I was 10 years old. I walked up to my mother and I told her I feel more connected to Satan than I do to God. Now, I don't remember saying this at all because even at 10, I knew that Satan was the bad guy. I knew not to mess with him. At the time, my mother thought it was because of the paranormal movies I'd been watching and that I'd gotten the idea from those. She told me, I wasn't allowed to watch those kinds of movies anymore, and I got visibly upset. When I turned 14, I went to my mate's house. She wanted to watch a paranormal movie that had finally come out on DVD. When she put it on, I didn't look at the case before she played it. The movie was The Conjuring. I'd heard a lot of stuff about it. 
that it was the scariest movie out there at the time, so I was a bit scared to watch it. As the movie was playing, we stopped it because I 100% thought I heard someone upstairs. I didn't hear it again, so I brushed it off, thinking maybe it was her brother. Halfway through the movie, the noise persisted. I looked at her and I said, Your brother is very noisy. She looked at me with a scared look. She told me that we were the only ones home. We paused the movie and thought we should investigate. We started walking up the stairs, and it sounded like there was someone running in her dad's study. She was too scared to open it, so I did. As I opened the door, I saw a black figure run past the door. I ran down the stairs and out the door. This was the first time my demon had ever shown itself to me in any way. When I saw it, I had a big dark feeling consume me. A feeling that if I didn't get out of that house, I was going to be hurt. I messaged my mom to come pick me up. She didn't ask any questions, she just came and took me home. When I went to bed that night, I couldn't stop thinking about what had happened. Then I looked over at my door, and when I tell you I felt happy, I really felt happy. I saw my little brother who had passed. Then I saw my pop. He had big, beautiful white wings with a gorgeous white glow around him. At that moment, I thought my pop, who was buried in our garden, was an angel in heaven. I felt that my demon was also there. But my pop was standing guard so that it couldn't get in. It felt like he had a protective shield out just around my room. All of my stress and worries were gone for the night. And I got the best sleep I'd ever gotten, at least in a long time. I woke up and I thought that he had left completely, and I got scared that my demon was coming for me now. But as soon as I felt scared and unsafe, my pop wrapped his wings around me to let me know he was still there. This was in 2014, and it's now 2021. On the 12th of May, he showed himself again because I needed him. And sometimes I still feel him, like when I've gotten myself into shit with a bad spirit or demon, which tends to happen a lot. So this is pretty much a summary of all the experiences I've had growing up. Starting with the orbs, I was about 12 to 14. I used to see this white orb in my room at my parents' house. I would always see it start at the floor and shoot up into the ceiling. My room was on the second floor. Now, I didn't believe in ghosts or paranormal stuff, and I've always tried to figure out ways to explain it. I used to think that maybe my eyes were playing tricks on me, since my room was always dark. That all changed when my cousin from out of town came and spent the night. As soon as I opened the door to my room to show her, she asked me, What was that white orb? After a while, I just stopped seeing it 
Since then, a lot has happened. I've moved out, then back in, then back out again. And now, due to COVID, I had to move back in. But it's no longer my room. The darkness. During a summer when I was 14, I used to have the urge to check the kitchen before anything. Like, I know it sounds crazy, but I couldn't sleep until I stood in the kitchen, in the dark, and counted in my head to 20. I have no explanation for it. It just kind of happened. I remember I would sneak downstairs and just stand at the bottom of the stairs in the dark and quiet. Once my aunt even caught me, and that was a hard thing to try to explain to her. Sometimes I wouldn't even realize I was doing it, and it just seemed like a normal thing to me. The voice. I remember one time when I was a bit older, about 18. My parents went out of town, and it was just me and my brothers home for the weekend. That night, my brothers went out with their friends, so it was just me. I was upstairs playing games, and it was about 2 or 3 a.m. when I decided to call it quits for the night. I got thirsty and decided to go downstairs into the kitchen for a cup of water. My basement doorway was in between the stairs and the kitchen, and as I was walking past it, I heard what sounded like a woman's voice, singing. It wasn't in English, and it wasn't Vietnamese. So I thought maybe my brothers had left a TV on or their computers or something. I checked both of their rooms and nothing was on. I knew that my game was already off and I didn't have the courage to go check the basement. I've shared a few of my stories here, but ever since I was younger, I've been seeing things that I can't really explain. I was four years old when I saw what I thought, or felt, was my friend from school. She was outside my house, near my favorite tree. I walked out and I was standing there, trying to get her attention to see why she was here, but I couldn't get anything from her. The crazy thing is, at that time, when I was four, I was living in a completely different house. I didn't move into that house that I saw her at with my favorite tree until a year later. When we moved into that house, I was always looking at that tree. I was so confused at how I thought I'd already been at that house when I didn't even know that it existed at that time. When I started at school, I met this girl who became my friend, my best friend. We were playing in my backyard and she went near that tree and I saw it. It was her. It was her that I'd seen in my vision. I didn't tell anyone about it. I still get a little scared talking about it sometimes. That story was based around 2004 to mid-2006. Now, I'm 20. I live in a different house, and I found out that I was a medium about two weeks ago. My sister is a green witch, and we didn't know if I was a witch or a medium. But she asked her crystal, and it said yes 
I am a medium. It said I have a best friend who's an angel, and the spirits talk to her about me all the time. I also learned from them that a big thing for new mediums out there is you really want to research it. Trust me, so do I. But remember, you need to learn and teach yourself to let the spirits help you. They will trust you more and you'll get better at it. Whereas if you research about it, they'll tend to shut you out, not trust you if they feel like you're trying to learn things too fast or if you're simply learning things that aren't true to your experience or theirs. So remember, let the spirits guide you. So my new house, I just moved in about five years ago. It always gives me creepy vibes. I always feel like I'm being watched and stuff like that. One day when I got home from band camp, I was home alone and my fire alarms were going off. I look all around the house for smoke. It was coming from my basement. So I went downstairs, opened the door, and there it was. A man, at least six foot tall, pouring gasoline on top of a fire. I remember I ran at him, trying to stop him. But then, sharp claws came out of his hands, and he scratched my leg, stopping me from getting up. Then, all of a sudden, everything disappeared besides some smoke. I was freaked out. I climbed up the stairs locked the basement door and the garage door and then I crawled two more flights of stairs to get into my room. I hid there until someone got home. And if anyone wants to see, the mark is still there. It was 10 years ago, and I was 15 years old. Me and a couple of friends were staying the night at my best friend's house, and we had the house to ourselves, although we had to look after my best friend's sister, who was three at the time. So at around 9 p.m., my friends all went outside to smoke while I stayed inside to keep an eye on my best friend's sister. I was sitting on a couch with the TV to my right, and the sister was to my left on another couch facing the TV. While I was watching TV, I suddenly felt terrified. It was a paralyzing fear, like I'd come face to face with a dangerous predator. And so I looked over at the three-year-old to find that she was already staring at me, and she looked just as terrified, with tears running down her face. She looked in front of me, so I looked where she was looking, and that's when I saw it. A couple meters in front of me was a shadow floating just below the ceiling. My fight-or-flight response kicked in, and I immediately jumped the couch and ran for the back door, completely forgetting about the little girl. I ran outside screaming for my friends. They came running, 
and we ran back inside. When I got inside, I saw the sister was not in the living room, and then she came running out of the hallway, screaming and crying. The entity had gone. I don't know if what I saw was a demon or just an angry spirit, but the guilt of being so afraid I abandoned a three-year-old stayed with me for a long time, and from then on, I became a superstitious person. They still live there to this day, and I don't like visiting, even though I don't feel a presence when I'm there. This happened several years ago, when my family first moved to Oregon. I was 13 at the time, so too young to really do any work and not enough chores to give me the money I needed for video games. That's when I decided to canvas the neighborhood, see if anybody needed yard work, gardening, stuff like that. That's when I met Lorna. Lorna was an old woman who lived across the street. She was really old and really nice. She had a sweet garden, but couldn't really take care of it herself, so I was the perfect friend for her. The routine was always the same. I'd get home from school, she'd be sitting on her porch, and I would water her flowers. On the weekends, I'd mow her lawn. I remember it was just a normal Saturday, and I had to go to Lorna's house to do her lawn. I went over there and I knocked on the door. Nobody answered. Sometimes she was in the backyard, so I decided to go there, and I saw her gardening in the back. It was just her side profile, but either way, I was sort of surprised. I'd never seen her actually gardening or getting down low like that. I didn't think she could. Hey, Lorna, don't get carried away there or you won't need me anymore, I said jokingly, but she didn't say anything. I thought maybe she couldn't hear me, so I got closer. As I did, she turned her head to look at me. It was Lorna, but she just looked different. She wasn't smiling. She didn't look happy. Her eyes, they just sort of looked empty. For an unexplained reason, I just felt uncomfortable. So I asked her if she needed my help. She just shook her head no, turned away from me, and kept gardening. Confused, I just sort of walked home. But as I got to the sidewalk to cross the street, I heard a familiar voice. It was Lorna. She was sitting on her porch. I noticed that she wasn't wearing whatever she was just wearing before. So I asked her, did you change your clothes? I remember her saying something like that was a silly question. Why would I ask that? I told her, I said, I just saw you in the backyard. She looked really confused. I told her, I saw someone that looked like you in the backyard. This did not help her confusion. You don't have, like, another gardener or something, do you? I was asking this seriously, but she laughed, telling me of course not, that I'm the only gardener that she'd ever hire. And then she asked if I was going to mow the lawn. I was super confused. Hadn't we just had this discussion? What was going on? 
I truly had no idea. But I just agreed, yeah, I'll mow your lawn. And so I did. I know it's not exactly paranormal, but it's always stuck with me as the strangest thing I've ever experienced. And it just feels like there's something more there. Something I'm missing. I don't know. What do you think? I'm going to do my best in retelling the story that my grandfather's told me a few times. In the 1970s, he lived near Green Bay, Wisconsin, and he did a lot of nighttime fishing on Lake Michigan in his wooden canoe that he owned at the time, given to him by his grandfather. It was going to be mine, but during this story, my grandfather gave a pretty straightforward reason why he doesn't have it to pass on to me. Not that I honestly needed a wooden canoe that I'd never used taking up space in my apartment. I'd be forced to choose between having a bed and a canoe in my apartment, so thanks, Grandpa. But I've digressed from the actual story and how it happened, so... It's 1970. My grandfather is doing his thing on his wooden canoe, fishing at night with a net, some live bait he handpicked out of my great-grandma's garden, and his rusty homemade pole. Apparently this part of the lake was one of the most peaceful places to be during his youth. His secret nook, he called it. It's a crystal clear night, quiet, with the moon's reflection illuminating the lake. He's been on the lake for roughly an hour or two, and he's already caught three fish. Four if you count the one he tossed back. As my grandfather patiently waits for another bite, he sees what he describes as an upside-down cereal bowl-looking object, bobbing in the water a couple yards away from the canoe. He says he sat there and stared at it for a good two minutes, wondering if it was an animal by the way that it was remaining in place rather than drifting with the small waves of the canoe. Then, he said this thing bobbed up a little bit more, and it looked like the crown of a head emerging. I asked if it was a dead body, and he said, wait, because he thought that too, and rowing closer, it did look more and more like a woman's head. Each wave gave more certainty to this as it tousled the hair, revealing visible facial features down to the bridge of the nose. It's pale, and the skin is leathery from being in the water. This turns his stomach into knots, but almost in shock and denial at what he's seeing, my grandfather takes his oar and gently taps it, and its fucking eyes opened. Not only do the eyes open, it shoots back down into the lake under his canoe. Terrified beyond belief, he almost falls out of the canoe while jolting back and loses the oar. But you better believe he used the other remaining oar like he was part of a one-man crew team. Crossing the lake so fast, he crushes the canoe on the rock edge and abandons it to climb out, completely negating the grass slope that he used to get in, which was too far in the other direction on the lake. Lost his pole and the three fish he caught as well. After he climbed to the rock ledge, he turned back and looked out. It was once again still and quiet 
This scared him more because he didn't know if what he saw also exited the lake when he did. Was it amphibious? What was it? It was scary. And none of these questions or answers were things that my grandfather really wanted to discover alone in the dark. So he ran, and he left the family heirloom that was going to be passed down to me to sink into the depths of Lake Michigan. My great-grandma also accused him of doing drugs and kicked him out of the house when he had to explain the canoe. He ended up being homeless for about three years. And that's when he said he experienced something worse. This was after being homeless for two years, he says. He set up camp in some woods just outside my great-grandparents' house. He was laying in his tent, not sleeping, just laying. Suddenly he hears some rustling outside of his tent. So he hops up, he grabs his hatchet, and just as he's about to unzip the tent, he hears movement inside the tent. He whips himself around, and there's a face. Not a person, just a face. He says it's essentially coming through the back of his tent. But not just the imprint of a face. The actual face. He's initially so shocked that he doesn't even swing the hatchet. Instead, he observes what he's seeing the best he can, and he tries to reason with himself. The wet hair covering the face, the pale leathered skin, it was the face from the lake. Before he can recall the hatchet, the face makes an immediate dash for my grandfather. He finds himself thrown back slightly, not feeling pain but coldness and fear. He sees no face around him any longer, but he closes his eyes and swings the hatchet wildly now. By the end of all that, he had nothing more to show for it than a few giant holes in his tent. I asked him, were you dreaming? And I'm told again, wait. He tells me that it wasn't a dream, that after that he couldn't even sleep, but after a while he got restless and went outside the tent to check around. Toward the back of the tent, the dirt was no longer dirt. It was mud, as if water or something wet had just been there. Shortly afterwards, he heard the sound of something large plopping in the water. But when he looked at the lake, it looked like glass. No ripples, no movement. This kick-started my grandfather's plan to not live in the woods anymore. And he told me quite frankly, it made him pretty sure he didn't want to live anywhere near Lake Michigan. Well, friends, that concludes tonight's episode of The Darkest Hour. But be sure to join me every Friday night for a brand new episode. I want to thank everybody for sharing your stories tonight. And also, everyone for listening. Remember, if you love The Darkest Hour and you never want it to end, be sure to hit that subscribe button. 
and tap the notification bell. And feel free to tell all your friends. You can check out our subreddit and follow The Darkest Hour on Instagram at The Darkest Hour YT. Do you have stories like these? I'd love to share them. Send them to me, Amanda, darkest hour at gmail.com. Stay spooky. <laughs> <laughs>